You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Paris. Hey, Hunter, how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I got uh, the second vaccine last night, so all the side effects that they warned me about um, are are true. The little, (laughs) it's not horrible, but I just don't feel uh, 100%. But then the next day, I'll be fully vaccinated, feeling great, and I'll be 1,000%. Nice. Yeah, it's weird how it affects people differently. Like for me, I was just a little bit tired and my arm hurt, but I didn't feel sick. But then I have other friends who are exhausted and they don't feel well. And they're like, now I feel like I have COVID. So it's, it's really strange how you know COVID hits people differently and then the shot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because now it means I'll have uh, what <laughs> Nina on uh, Nightly Pop uh, is calling a whole summer, which is just like live your life, have a fun summer, go on dates and not have to worry about covid which sounds great <laughs> yeah i think the world is definitely going to be opening up soon with everybody getting it so it's pretty exciting it's finally yeah. over almost <laughs> it's almost over how are you doing how i haven't seen now it's been like two weeks since we've actually seen each other in person so what's going on in your life i'm great i just got back from aspen uh, carter and i went with the whole family and it was like 20 of us staying in a house together and it was so much fun i love aspen is Carter just perfect with the family? Like, is it just a perfect fit? Yes. And they're so sweet. They're just like the nicest people. They're all from Traverse City, Michigan. So they're just like very sweet, down to earth, real, genuine and kind people. 
And he is just so cute with his mom. He's like the best son ever. And they threw this surprise engagement dinner for us. So it was really cute and really nice just hearing everyone's speeches and taking family photos. And it just made me feel like even more part of the family. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like you just did a huge ad for dating people from Michigan. Like Michigan people are going to start skyrocketing in terms of like, you know, hinge profiles and stuff. (laughs) I know. Actually, when we'd only been dating less than a month, that's when I went home with him for Christmas to Michigan for the first time because we started dating on Thanksgiving. And then he invited me with his family to go to Michigan for Christmas and then to uh, Yellowstone to go skiing. So I met them literally right away. And it was like I'd known them for years. (laughs) Do you feel like you're attracted to kind of that maybe Midwest, maybe South, but anywhere from anywhere but LA and New York lifestyle? Like, do you find yourself attracted to men like that? Carter's like my first nice guy from the Midwest. So now I can see why when people talk about like, oh, I want to find a person from the Midwest. It is true. Like they're just so nice, like not affected, like so not LA. It's just completely different. It's just like actual, real, genuine, kind, good-hearted people. Which is so rare. People don't understand the whole fakeness in LA thing until you get here. And you have to be here for like years to even realize that all those people you met right when you got to LA really weren't there for your for your, you know, dinner. They weren't there for you. They were there to meet somebody else that you possibly <laughs> knew or get a job. It's just it's a very like it is mostly pretty gross. It's hard to find genuine people in the city. It really is. There's a lot of opportunists, a lot of hungry tigers, a lot of mm-hmm. users and just people who are beyond. There's good people, but you know, there's a lot of uh not so good ones. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of your fans specifically, I feel like idolize LA and they idolize this like uh, this lifestyle. And for the most part, LA is really sad. <laughs> it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak. And then one in every 10,000 people find a modicum of success. And then that's the only one you see on TV. You don't realize that, you know, uh, two thirds of the other people are now mascots on Hollywood Boulevard, which has always been my nightmare. Like if this doesn't go well, Paris, that's what I'm going to do next. So please let's make this podcast a success. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Okay. We will. We are. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Well, speaking of the podcast, our guest today is really, uh, <laughs> I mean, a pleasant surprise. I met her at your birthday dinner. It's Katie Couric. It is so random that you two even became friends in the first place. Uh, How did that happen? I love Katie. I actually, from years just being in New York, and then we became close when Carter and I first started dating, and he's good friends with her and her husband, John. And we went to Vegas for CES, which is like this tech conference. And we went over to the Wynn Hotel and um, went up to her room, and it was just... Carter, Courtney, his brother, and Katie and her husband, John. And that's when we like became friends. And then ever since then, I've actually probably seen Katie and John more than any of my other friends during quarantine. Like we've had dinner in the Hamptons, dinner in LA, and just 
have just really seen each other a lot during this time, which is really nice. I love them. They're such a sweet couple. They're so sweet. Katie was phenomenal. I feel like everybody who uh, went up to her kind of left with a, a smiling face after the dinner just because she's she really listens, which is obviously a big part of her job. But it carries over into her personal life. And I felt like I felt heard, Paris. When I talked to Katie, I felt heard. She's such an icon and she's just so kind and so brilliant and I love her. I love having her as a friend. Well, I am uh, excited to talk to her. Let's welcome Katie Curry. This is Paris. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Paris. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Hunter. Hello, Katie. It's so nice to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I heard we have something in common. We both just got our vaccine. Oh, yeah, we did. I just got, Molnar and I just got our second one on Sunday. How do you feel or how did you feel on Monday, Tuesday? I, you know, other than a sore arm and a little bit of fatigue, I felt fine. I didn't quite feel like myself the next day, but now I now I feel really good. How about you? I think women are much tougher than men because I, we probably feel the same, yet I want to take the week off of work. You know, I'm like ready to call it and I'm ready to quit a couple jobs just because, uh, you know, I'm a little tired and my arm is <laughs> sore. Um, so I think you're tougher, but I'm, I'm glad that you have it. It means next time we do a birthday dinner. Uh, at Paris's, we can all hug and hang out. We were being pretty safe last time, so. Hug and hang out and make out and everything else. Uh, <laughs> let Molnar know I'm excited. He looks like a very kissable man. Um, <laughs> so I met you at Paris's dinner. How was that for you, her birthday dinner? It was so much fun. I mean, first of all, I, I love Paris and I love Carter and uh, John and I are big fans of both them, of both of them individually and as a couple. And so it was really fun. I mean, I have to say, I got a kick out of her little doggy mansion. And, um, you know, I, I love that Paris is completely just embraces who she is, what she likes, um, in every way. So she's, she's totally Paris. It was fun for me. It wasn't, you know, I've met some really nice people. Um, really enjoyed talking to you, Hunter, um, and and really enjoyed talking to a lot of the the people who were there. So you know, it was just it was really nice that we were included. And I always love to see. Uh, I, I well, Paris's mom was there, so it was nice to say hi to her. And and it it was nice for us to see Carter's mom. I've met her before, and he's such a a great son to his mom. And, uh, you know, it just, it was a very warm, very, uh, friendly and family, I think oriented, uh, gathering, which was nice. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. I was so happy to see you there. Well, it's just, it's just been, it's been really fun for us to, to get to know, uh, Paris. We knew Carter first and, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think she's a very smart uh, entrepreneurial person. I think that Carter has really unleashed a lot of her talent, but I think sort of as a couple, they're pretty unstoppable. So it's exciting to watch them collaborate and figure out things to do and ways for Paris to grow because she's obviously a lot more than, um, you know, I think she's she's grown and matured. You know, and, and I think people get typecast and categorized very much in our culture. It's very difficult, I think, particularly for women to see as multidimensional people. You know, I think that 
that I struggled with that throughout my career, you know, because yes, I'm quote unquote perky and that I'm outgoing and friendly and I, I'm, I like to engage with people, but you know, that doesn't necessarily negate the fact that I'm, you know, that I'm intelligent and curious and care deeply about important issues, but it's kind of hard, I think, for, for people to see, as I said, particularly women as sort of the, the, the totality of who they are. Mm-hmm. I agree. You've actually been there since the beginning of Carter and I dating. So you've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think we first, we first met when uh, you guys were both at CES and you came up and said hi. And um, it was funny, Hunter, because my daughters are uh, big Paris fans. And uh, Paris, I think, called them and FaceTimed with Carrie, I believe. Yes. And uh, Carrie is really interesting. She's my my younger daughter. It, my older daughter is super interesting too. But Carrie has this fascination with both popular culture and she's extremely intellectual. So she looks at popular culture from a very kind of cerebral lens. And um, she did a whole thing on Mormonism and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on her Instagram. And she's just a a very interesting person, but she got such a kick out of uh, Paris calling her. And that's one thing that has really struck me about Paris. You know, she um, is so, so willing to thank her fans. You know, she never turns a fan away. She never says she wants her privacy. And that that's that's hard. And I mean, I tend to be not, you know, I don't have, I have a very different fan base than Paris, but I tend to want to try to make people happy. But that can sometimes be tough on a relationship. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting uh, if Carter gets tired of that at all, um, or if he, you know, right now he's getting a kick out of it, I'm sure, because you guys are in the la, 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 la stage. <laughs> but, you know, it, it can actually kind of um, put a bit of a strain on a relationship when there's so much um, attention paid to one member of the couple. And, um, you know, it requires somebody who's incredibly patient and supportive. John is really great about it, but once in a while he's like, can you think of an exit question so you can detach? Because I tend to maybe spend a little more time than is necessary with people, but I'm so cognizant of not wanting to seem rude or dismissive that I probably go overboard. But it's something that you're going to have to navigate. Listen, suddenly I'm turning into Ann Landers, but it's something you're going to have to navigate in your marriage, because, um, you know, it's going to be important for, for Carter to feel that, that he is important and that you believe he is as important as, as your fans. Yeah. He's so patient. You didn't know you were going to get marriage, marriage counseling. No, I was actually going to ask you for some, so I'm happy that you're giving some advice, (laughs) but yeah, Carter is so patient and I've been in other relationships where, the boyfriend will get so mad and just be jealous and weird and, and tell me like, be like, get get the fans away. And, and I'd, I've always hated that when, when someone in a relationship is like that, but he's always so kind and patient and he loves to make people happy. He calls me Santa Claus and he's so cute. He'll offer to take the pictures. Like he's just 
It doesn't matter how many people come up and I've never been in a relationship like that where the person is so secure with himself and so proud of me. And it's a really good feeling to have because I've never experienced that before with anyone. That's a wonderful feeling. And I think you're, you're so lucky and he clearly doesn't feel threatened at all by, by your success and your fame but it's something to kind of keep an eye on because it can kind of creep up and, um, you know, you just want to, I think it's really important to continue to make your partner feel special and that, um, you know, that they're not there just to hold the camera for pictures of, of people, you know, that kind of thing. No, my assistant used, my assistant used to call me, say that I was like Mickey Mouse at Disney, Disney world uh, at one point because of, <laughs> you know, people wanting to get their pictures taken, but I, I'm still, you know, I was always very flattered and you always want the interaction to be a positive one. Cause the mm -hmm. last thing you want, I think is for someone to go back to their hometown or their friends and say, Oh my God, you know, she was so rude to me and mm -hmm. she may seem nice on TV, but she was terrible anyway. No, I agree with that completely. Cause some people in this industry, they just, are very mean and they have their security guards push them away. And I just, I would feel so bad to make anyone ever feel sad. So I think I love that you're like me where you want to make people happy and put a smile on someone's face and make someone feel good. It takes such little effort to, 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 to make a really positive experience for someone. And it's something that while you may not remember, it's something that that person is going to remember and, you know, it's just, it's just the right thing to do and the nice thing to do, but you do have to kind of balance it with some other things. And, you know, it always la makes me laugh when, when, if people, you know, this doesn't happen to me as, as it used as much as it used to, but you'll be sitting down having dinner and someone will say, I am really sorry to bother you, or I don't want to bother you. or I don't want to interrupt your dinner. And then your, John is always like, then why are you? <laughs> He doesn't say that, but he wants to say it. <laughs> that's such a that's such a popular one. The whole I, I don't mean to bother you while you're eating, but you're right here. But here I am bothering <laughs> you while you eat while you're eating. Right. So Paris, are you at all worried? Because I feel like you know, with all of this conversation, you've been very lucky in that you and Carter have spent most of your relationship in a pandemic. You know, there hasn't been that onslaught of attention. Do you at all worry that like when the world does open back up, that that might be something that could become an issue? Or are you just so confident in what's going on that it's not an issue? Well, we've been together since Thanksgiving. So we had up until November through March and we were, you know, going to places like Miami and New York. And so he's experienced all of that with me. Mm. And even during the pandemic, it's like when I go places, it is like that. Not as bad as before because, you know, everyone's wearing a mask and sometimes it's a little bit easier to hide. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be fine. He's just he's really proud and it makes I think it makes him happy to see other people happy as well. So it's, but it's also really not sweet. just happy. I think he's I think he's a he's really proud of of a lot of the work you're doing. You know, it's not just proud that you're well known or a celebrity. I think he's really proud that that, uh, you know, you're showing yourself to be a person of real substance and someone who's committed to changing a system that affected you 
and that, you know, and, and honestly exposing an issue that got very little attention. And um, I think when people, Hunter, can use their celebrity to, to really expose a, a, a serious problem in, in society or, you know, to change behavior in a positive way or, or make people aware of all kinds of things. That's, that's such an accomplishment. And I really think that, that Carter is, is really proud of Paris for doing that, not only during the documentary, but testifying um, as she did in, in Provo and really, really starting this conversation that could have a tremendous impact on, on so many families mm -hmm. across the country. So I think, I think he is really, really, really proud of her for that. Which is yeah. nice, and I think a lot of people are, and I am, and I think it's awesome what you've done. And can I ask you a couple of questions about that, Paris Hunter? I can't help it; I just am always asking questions. But yeah, you know, what is that? What is it? What was the experience like for you? Were you nervous? You know, testifying, and and uh, I'm just curious what this whole um, effort has been like for you. I was super nervous. I never have testified in my life and to be testifying about something that was so personal and so traumatic and difficult to talk about was at, you know, the same state where it had happened was very hard, but just the reaction from all the senators up there, they had tears in their eyes. They were all just so affected by what I said. And it really meant something where they were like, we need to make even more laws for this. And then to go back there last week and sign the bill with the governor and that I made a law is just mind blowing to me. And um, I've never felt so empowered in my life to have actually used my voice and made such a huge difference and to know that everything that happened to me as a teenager would be illegal today. And next is taking it to a federal level. I know, which is so exciting. Are you going to go, are you going to, are other states complicit in this, this problem? Or is it limited to just a few states in the country? A lot of states. People don't know about it because no one talks about it, but it's it's happening in a lot of places. So I want to take it to all 50 states. So in every single state, it would be illegal, which should be. It's You're abusing children. It obviously should be illegal, but these are just multi-billion dollar industry. And that's why a lot of people like to just, you know, put it under the rug and, and not talk about it because people are making so much money off of it. But no one should profit off the abuse of children. And I and I think also the the response you've gotten has just been extraordinary. The number of stories that you're now hearing about places. And I think a lot of the parents, like your parents, Paris, had no idea, right? No they thought idea. they were doing the right things for their children. Um, and or would you say, I mean, did the majority of parents, were the majority of parents clueless or were they aware? Do you think it's just hard to know? No one is aware. All the parents, the parents are just as manipulated as the children because these places, you know, when you send your child somewhere to be healed, you assume, you know, these adults that are taking care of them are, and they tell the parents, your child is a liar. They're going to manipulate you. They just want to, you know, come home. So they're going to make up stories. So no one has ever been believed. Like a lot of people, I've spoken to thousands of survivors who have dealt with the same thing as me. And they said for so many years, I tried to explain to my parents, to my friends, to people, and nobody believed me. Everyone thought I was crazy. 
And thank God for you that you told your story because now my parents are, are talking to me. We're finally having a relationship again. There's kids getting pulled out of these places because the parents just don't know because these places are just, they're sick. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's awesome what you've done. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an incredible contribution that you've made. And I'm sure compared to a lot of the work you've done throughout your career, whether it's producing products or whatever, um, I bet this, they don't, it, it, those things don't really compare to the feeling you have making a difference and really changing lives. Thank you. Well, speaking of contributions, Katie, uh, you have made a massive one with Stand Up to Cancer, uh, which you co-founded, right? Yeah, along with uh, nine other type A women who were very frustrated by the pace of cancer research. And I think, you know, my cancer advocacy hunter and, and Paris is probably what I'm most proud of. I always say that I would want that to be the first line of my obituary, even though I try not to think of my obituary too much. But, you know, all the things that I've done in, in my life and career, um, you know, other than raising two successful and healthy daughters uh, that I've done, raising awareness about colorectal cancer, which is the second leading cancer killer of men and women combined. And, um, you know, and starting Stand Up to Cancer with some phenomenal women and being able to, to raise over $600 million to support collaborative cancer research. Um, those are certainly, you know, very, very, the highest thing on my list after my daughters. And, uh, you know, I think I still have people coming up to me and saying, I got a colonoscopy because of you or, you know, and, and, uh, they, it was, it was life-saving for me and, um, you know, to, to have that kind of impact is, is really hard to, hard to describe. So that I think has, uh, you know, it's been wonderful and, you know, gosh, there's so many problems in the world, but still like a person dies of cancer every minute in this country. And it's such a complex disease and it's so it's it's so challenging for scientists, but I think we're really on the cusp of, it just feels so painfully slow figuring out how to attack the disease with immunotherapy, you know, bolstering the, your system's immune, immune response to very, you know, targeted therapies, to personalized medicine, to all kinds of approaches that I think are delivering results. It's not fast enough you know, for my tastes and anybody who can, doesn't win their fight uh, is just such a tragedy to me. But, you know, having lost my husband when he was just 42, someone was asking me today who, you know, um, and then I was realizing, gosh, I was a widow for 16 years before I married John. But, and then losing my sister, Emily, when she was just 54 and running for Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, she was replaced by Tim Kaine, uh, who became the governor and then a senator and then a vice presidential contender with Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating that that they were ripped off so much. So I I really hope that our, our research contributes better therapies that can 
can keep people around and and uh, allow them to live long, productive lives like my sister and my husband weren't able to. Yeah, I think six hundred million dollars should help <laughs> with with all of that research. That's so incredible. Well, there, yeah, I mean, we're trying. You know, it's uh, when I went on Jeopardy, I was happy that I was able to donate the. They actually, I didn't. The people at Jeopardy were so great to donate the winnings or, or match the winnings of the contestants and give it to Stand Up to Cancer, which was so meaningful for me, not only because I'm enormously proud of the organization, but because Alex Trebek died of pancreatic cancer and was just superhuman and how he dealt with it in those final months and days. And just, I mean, just so courageous. And then of course, with my sister, Emily. So it meant a lot for me to be able to not only give to pancreatic cancer research, but to crow about the organization on national television where everybody would hear about the work that we're doing. It's amazing. It is. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. <sighs> cancer is literally, I, I lost my grandmother. She was only 64 and it was just so painful. And it just breaks my heart to see so many people who have to suffer through this and all the families. It's just, I really hope and pray that they'll find a cure soon. I hope so too. You know, it's been so long since Richard Nixon declared a war on cancer and in the seventies. And, um, you know, I, I talked I had a little zoom with a high school friend and she's gotten together a group of women who are all battling breast cancer. And, you know, it's, uh, I think sometimes we don't, we don't recognize and appreciate how lucky we, lucky we are when we have our help. You know, sometimes when you feel really bad, you're like, why wasn't I grateful when I didn't, didn't have this happening to my body? But it's just, it's just one of those things like this sword of Damocles that's hanging over your head for so long. And it, it's, I have a really good friend whose brother has been battling pancreatic cancer and it's just, it's so, so heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, I think it's just amazing to me that we haven't figured out a way to beat this disease. But I think part of it is because it's a millions of different, really, I don't know, millions of different diseases and million different biologies. Because everyone, everyone's body responds differently to cancer. And so it's extremely complex. And, uh, but I'm very hopeful and, and have to stay positive that that we're going to continue to make breakthroughs. Stand Up to Cancer has contributed to, I believe, nine uh, new FDA-approved drugs. Um, wow. So we are making progress, and people are living longer. But I won't be happy until all kinds of cancers can be completely cured instead of just managed. Mm. Well, you did a, a colonoscopy, and you kind of made you normalized it in a way, which probably saved countless lives um and i feel like there's a lot of people listening like for example me i don't know when to get a colonoscopy so how old do you do you have to be when you get your first colonoscopy well i'm really glad you asked that hunter because um i'm pretty sure looking at your complexion and the lack of wrinkles that you are not <laughs> old enough to get a colonoscopy yet but thank you for other listeners and pay attention everyone because you know i always think don't don't be the person who says, if only, if only I had done this, because 
yes, it's like not at the top of your to-do list, but it's much better than being, you know, diagnosed and battling uh, a, a very serious cancer. So you should get one when you're 45. The American Cancer Society and some other um, organizations lowered the age. For Black Americans, it was 45 because they were being diagnosed more often than, than white people. They're, I think, 20% more likely to be diagnosed and 40% more likely to die from colorectal cancer. And of course, a lot of this is due to the social determinants of health, you know, things that, you know, really important factors like access to care and poverty and lifestyle and diet and many of those things. Um, but now everybody is recommended to get one at 45 because the number of people who are being diagnosed, you guys, with colorectal cancer under 50 is on the rise. And they can't really figure out why. Um, we're, a lot of scientists are studying this now. They don't know if it's something with a microbiome or if it's in fact connected to obesity. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is younger and younger people are getting this. So you should have it at 45 if you have no family history. If you do have a family history, you should get it 10 years but prior to that per when that person was diagnosed. So my daughters would get it, Jay was diagnosed at 41. So Ellie, my oldest daughter would get it at 31. And Carrie actually went ahead and got one because uh, the doctor, Felice uh, Schnall-Sussman at the Monaghan Center, named after my husband at New York Hospital, said, we're not sure what was going on with Jay. Um, we don't know, you know, we haven't discovered a lot of the genes. So why don't we go ahead and give Carrie a colonoscopy now? And she got one actually just a few weeks ago and they, they found a small polyp. And the reason why you get screened is that you remove the polyp before it becomes cancerous and then starts penetrating through the colon wall and that's when it can metastasize to other organs. So that's why it's really important. And colon cancer is one of those things that it could be growing inside you and you could be perfectly fine and be completely asymptomatic. So you definitely need to talk to your doctor and be aware of symptoms and make sure that your doctor is aggressive. And you know, colonoscopy is one option. There are other options. You know, they're increasingly uh, really effective at-home stool tests, for example that um, you can get if you don't want to have a colonoscopy, but it's something that you need to really advocate for and talk to your doctor about and just make sure that your doctor doesn't poo-poo, so to speak. <laughs> you know, the whole idea, uh, there, are, oh, there are a million colonoscopy puns, you guys, <laughs> but, but they, they really take your concerns seriously. It's really important. So if just a few people listening to this if you call your doctor and say, it's time for me to get a colon cancer screening or I want to get an at-home stool test or there are things that I can do, you know, that some of those people will, hey, you guys could save some lives today. And how, how great is that? Pretty it's awesome. Amazing. Hunter, you should do Cologuard on the show. What is that? Cologuard is an at-home test that actually can measure if you have cancerous cells in your stool. I know this is kind of a gross conversation, <laughs> but we need to, well, we kind of need to normalize it. You know, 
people didn't talk about breast cancer for the longest time because breast was kind of a dirty word, believe it or not. And there was an article, there's a great book by Siddhartha, Siddhartha Mukherjee called The Emperor of All Maladies, which is the history of cancer. And when there was the support group, I think, for women with breast cancer in the, the New York Times, it was described as you know a support group for women suffering from cancer of the chest cavity. And you know they weren't allowed to write breast in the New York Times. So one of the reasons that our awareness about breast cancer and, and early detection and support groups is because we've normalized it. And we haven't, you know, we've destigmatized it. And I hate to say it, but the same thing needs to happen for all kinds of cancers, whether, I mean, testicular or uh, colon cancer. And the fact of the matter is like, it's just a natural function of the human body. Almost everybody has a colon. And so one of the tests is through uh, a stool test. And um, that's what some of these at-home tests like Cologuard you send a sample in and they can determine sort of the health of your colon through that sample. So, you know, it's, it's, it sounds yucky, but I, as I said, a lot yuckier is getting the kind of chemo that my husband got wasting away and, you know, having bitemporal wasting where your, your head starts to look like a skull and not being able to see his daughters grow up. That's, that's gross. What's That's, not gross is being screened for colon cancer. I will happily do a Cologuard at home. I mean, I'm just wasting all my poop anyway. I'm just flushing <laughs> it down the toilet. So there's, it's getting no use right now. So I'd rather use it uh, to figure out if I have cancer. And then also, you know, show people that it's pretty easy, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. They, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you have to show everything, but I mean, for you just to talk about it and the fact that you did it and the fact, well, how old are you, Hunter? I just turned 30. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But listen, it's never too early as, uh, as one of the most influential people in my life, Katie Kirk, once told me, it's never too early just to get checked and to be safe. And I will happily do that. And I know you're saying I don't need to show everything, but I'm setting up lights and cameras and audio in the bathroom. I want everybody to get comfortable. Can you skip the close-ups? The GoPro oh, on the all, toilet. There's no wide shot, Katie. It is all close-ups. ECUs, baby. Extra close-ups. I want to know how you guys are enjoying doing a podcast. Are you finding your rhythm? Are you having fun? Uh, what has been some of the biggest challenges? And then I'll, I'll stop asking you questions. But I, I'm really curious about, you know, how you're enjoying the medium and, and uh, what you think of it. We're loving it. Paris? I'm so happy to have Hunter with me as my, like, partner in this because he's so sweet and so funny and cool and just, like, puts a smile on my face and everyone who comes over or talks to us. We're usually together here at my house doing this, but he's not feeling well because of the shot. So, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, usually we're together. Again, I'm a big baby. So Paris is kind <laughs> enough to, uh, allow me to shoot from home. But yeah, it's been, I agree with Paris. It's been so fun. I think anytime we were complete strangers before this, like, how you did know, you guys hook up in the old fashioned sense of the term? Yeah. Don't, don't say that to Carter. <laughs> we have never hooked up Carter. If you're listening, it's a slip of the tongue. Um, I, I mean, I think, Paris, do you want to tell it? I mean, it's kind of pretty industry specific. <laughs> um, yeah, we were on Zoom and 
basically my team from iHeart said this guy Hunter would be perfect for the show. And he was in Costa Rica and then we were talking on Zoom and then we just like immediately clicked. And then when he came to LA, we met up and like I knew right away, like when we got on the first Zoom, even though he had like the worst Wi-Fi ever. (laughs) (laughs) In Costa Rica, they're not known for their internet connection. Um, So Paris heard like every third word, but apparently they were the right ones. And then, yeah, when we when we met up, it was it's just so funny because I feel like I was thinking about this even with your dinner. There's such a there's such a Paris Hilton like um, aura and like this like this allure that you've even if you don't know her, which I didn't, you know enough about her. where You're like, this is interesting. So my team called me. I was like, Paris Hilton's doing a podcast and she wants you they want you to meet with her and possibly do it with her. I was like, uh, get the fuck out of here. Okay. Um, and then it ended up being like, like, like get the fuck out of here. Uh, I'm not interested or I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah. I was so interested. I was like, this is, I was like, get the fuck out of here. No way. And they're like, no, for real. She's doing a podcast. Uh, you're their first choice. And then once we met, uh, Paris is right. I mean, it was just so easy. And again, I feel like Paris is surprisingly sweet. Uh, if you don't know her and you have so like sweet this, and shy. Yes. Very shy. <laughs> People don't realize that Paris is shy and it's so endearing, but she's kind of quiet. And um, I think once, I mean, I feel like I'm talking about you like you're not here, Paris, but <laughs> I think it takes you a while to get to know people and feel comfortable around them. But I think for a while, you know, even with us, you were kind of quiet and shy. Um, and and I, are people surprised when they hear that? Yes. No one believes I'm shy when I say that. They're like, you do not seem shy at all. I'm like, well, I'm very good at pretending to not be shy, but I actually am. <laughs> Is that because you kind of enter, you occupy a, a totally different persona in, in, in certain cases and certainly early in your career? Definitely. I think just because I've been a shy person my whole life since I was a little girl, when I started becoming in this industry, that's when I created that character because then I felt like that character is acting and it doesn't, she doesn't have to be shy because it's not really who I am. So I played kind of like that more outlandish type of uh, personality, but in real life, I'm not like that. (laughs) Yeah. We had one of my favorite moments that I've had with Paris so far is we did an entire, it was after the birthday dinner, actually. And I was very hungover and I went over to her house uh, to shoot the podcast and we do the whole thing And Paris is Paris. I mean, we're having fun. She's being very sweet. She says goodbye to the guest. She goes, okay, goodbye. It's so nice talking to you. And then as soon as we're done, she sits back in her chair and goes, oh my God, I'm so fucking hungover. <laughs> I was like, that is perfect. This is exact. And then I think the more you like talk to her and you get Whenever she doesn't put on the voice, which she talks about in her documentary, uh, yeah. you just know that you're experiencing like her true self and and you're going to get a very unfiltered version of her. And I've been so blessed to be able to get that version of her so often on the podcast and, and behind the scenes of the podcast. Who have been some of your favorite guests so far other than me? I was about to say, we're, we're talking to her. No, come on, seriously. I know you've gotten some big names. Uh, you had Amy Schumer. We loved her. She was so funny. She Isn't such a she character. great? She's so cool. Just smart, so... funny, everything. Yeah. I was looking and... at her Instagram, and she had a, a video of her son, Gene, 
and she said he he won't stop wearing his tap shoes and i think they had a dog on whatever truck he was pulling but you could hear his little tap shoes going <laughs> click 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 on the tile floor it's just so funny of course gene won't take off his tap shoes it's like what <laughs> it's so funny Whitney Cummings was funny too. Yeah, we actually just recorded with her, so that's coming out next week, and it's a very, very funny episode. I love Whitney. And I remember her at the birthday dinner. She freaked out when she saw you. <laughs> I love Whitney. She's so fun and very quite raunchy, yes? Yes. Very was she raunchy, raunchy on the podcast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we also took a, the night at the birthday dinner, Whitney and I took a Uber home together because of an amalgamation of odd events. Um, and she they dropped she dropped me off uh, before going to her place. But in the car was like twice as raunchy as like if she even appears in the pot. It's crazy. She's just it's a bottomless pit of like the C word. And you're like, a oh, my God, <laughs> a bottomless pit of Phil. Oh, Go Whitney. <laughs> that's so fun. And then I really yeah. love Sweetie. Sweetie was on our show. And yeah. Uh, yeah, an amazing artist, obviously, but so sweet. Very similar to Paris. Like, I feel like she's got this uh, kind of popularity right now that you would almost expect her to not want to take a photo with anybody. And she was like, I'm so excited to be here. I'm in Paris's uh -huh. house. Could you imagine? And she was so sweet about it. She's oh, so that's cool. so nice. People, I think, generally are. I think most people are nice. I do. I think. Uh... I don't know. I like to try to see the goodness in people and uh, that one on one people are really kind and decent. John laughs because uh, he says, you know, some of the people who say write nasty things about you, meaning me on social media would never in a million years say those things to my face. Mm -hmm. And um, I always I always interpreted that people are are lost or frustrated or lonely or feel really, really bad about themselves. And that's why, you know, lashing out or criticizing or, or trashing other people gives them a, a temporary shot of endorphins. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but I think when push comes to shove and it's just pe meeting people uh, without a crowd, without kind of peer pressure and that, that they're, they're pretty, pretty decent, at least. That's what I choose to believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, especially the online trolls, like it it's makes it much easier for them to hide behind their computer. And anytime someone's mean, it's like, I just feel bad for them because obviously they're just not happy with their own lives. So they choose to come on and be mean to others. <sighs> so I just feel bad for them. They're beyond. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your People magazine shoot, the one that you did with no makeup. I thought that was so amazing. Oh you look so beautiful. You're such a natural beauty. Oh, my God. I thought I looked not so beautiful, but thank <laughs> you. You know, it's funny because, you know, I've been I've been around for a while and I know a lot of people at People. And when Kate Coyne, who's an editor there, reached out and asked me about doing this, I said, what? Um, and then I, I thought it would be really cool. And. The one thing I was disappointed in is um, it was almost, I, I, this is going to sound funny, but I wish they had shown more of my wrinkles. Um, of course, I might feel differently about that if I'd seen it, you know, in the magazine and thought, you know, mother of God, what am I doing? <laughs> 
But I sort of thought the whole purpose of doing that was to show, you know, to, to again, normalize what an older person might look like, you know, and to not, so that people, I think we're so conditioned to see perfection everywhere. And, you know, people are so airbrushed and filtered, et cetera, that I was sort of hoping they would show the, my face a little more as it is instead of sort of fuzzy, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I was happy, I was happy to do it. And uh, I thought, I thought they did a really nice job of the picture. I just, again, felt like making it so blurry <laughs> kind of defeated the purpose of the whole exercise. But I, I, I know they think they were doing me a favor and I'm sure they were. But I think, you know, that we have to start seeing people as they are and um, not, not with all this, you know, it's one thing like to have lights or whatever, to have a ring light or lights. I'm, I'm dying to get the lights that Paris has around <laughs> her phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just but, send you the loony. But you know what I mean. Um, but it's also, I don't know, I... I I don't know. I think it's a losing battle, but I think it's important to have realistic beauty standards too, because I think a lot of young girls try to look like this manufactured version of, of beauty that doesn't really exist. And, mm -hmm. um, but that, that's a whole big topic about, you know, culture and pressure and all that stuff. Yeah. What was the reaction from people writing you about that on your Instagram and social media? I think they, they thought it was great that I did it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm 64, you guys, it's sort of like, what the hell I'll do, I'll do it. Um, I, it was sort of nerve wracking because you are very vulnerable um, when you're out there completely, at least having your face completely naked. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. And, uh, I think, I don't know, I think the pandemic has a lot of people rethinking sort of beauty standards and how they want to move in the world and and what they want to do. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine I had breakfast with this morning who I met in Miami in 1985. I introduced her to her husband. He was there and they're still married. They're about to celebrate their 35th anniversary. And she said, Katie, why don't you let your hair grow go gray? And I was like, you know, I wish I could, uh, but I'm just not quite ready to. But again, you know, I think, I think that that there are a lot of women who look unbelievable with gray hair, but it's just, it's just hard. And uh, I think that at some point we should celebrate beauty at all ages, not at an, not ages, not not people who are just trying to look, you know. 20 or 30 years younger than they actually are. And uh, so anyway, I'm not ready to go gray yet, but one day. <laughs> yes. I say the same thing to my mom all the time. I'm like, mom, you know, I ask because I mean, we're, we're my mom is a bookkeeper. And so because of her, I'm very like money conscious now. Like, yeah, she, she's been a very good uh, resource and uh, mentor in my life in that way. I go, how much do you spend on these hair coloring things? And she'll tell me, and I go, just go gray. You are so, you'd be so beautiful gray. Like, I would love it. I think everybody what would love it. What does she say? She goes, not yet. I'll wait a little bit longer. 
and <laughs> I, you know with her i obviously whatever she wants uh is is what she deserves so i'm i'm yeah. happy to wait to see my mom because i think my mom went full gray at like 35 years old which is oh, why wow so she's been dying it for a long time yeah she's, and, and, she's... and that's a lot of that you're right though hunter that's a lot of time and a lot of money and uh you know to be with to do that kind of upkeep but um you know it's hard because our culture is very youth oriented yeah. and i think uh it's hard hard for i think people to own their age not to mention at their age so yeah men have it easy they're everyone's like go gray you're just gonna look you know better you know like men they look distinguished and women just look old <laughs> not not you guys you you, uh, you paris my mom would all look stunning with a full head of gray hair so i say whenever you're ready i support it well it's so funny because i've been seeing young women now kind of have do their hair gray have you guys mm -hmm. seen that trend it's like so that silver. it looks cool on some people it does, but yeah, how did that start? Just somebody started doing that, and I think with Instagram, just everyone is trying different things and trying to start new trends. So I've seen literally every single hair color, especially during quarantine, because I feel like people are like, "I'm at home. Who cares? Like, I'm gonna dye my hair pink." I actually <laughs> dyed my hair pink um, during this, and I it looked cool, like it looked like cotton candy. But then I was like, "I look like a raver." Uh, I need to go back to my blonde. <laughs> this is Paris. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is seven slitting questions. What are they? What kind of questions? Sliving. <laughs> oh, sliving. Sorry. Yes. I thought you said slitting. And I was like, what? No, sliving. Sliving. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Do my seven sliving questions, please. All right. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? A ballerina or a model. I like it. What is the craziest rumor that you've ever heard about yourself? That I was in a love triangle with my husband and Matt Lauer. <laughs> Interesting. What is your spirit animal and why? God, I don't know. Cocker Spaniel. Because they're, <laughs> they're sweet and cute and they come up to anybody and slobber all over them <laughs> which by the way i can't i couldn't have picked a better spirit animal for the spirit that i've like met uh in you katie like i feel like cocker spaniel is perfect okay good i've never really been asked that question so okay what about you paris i don't know if we've ever asked you a unicorn oh that's right mm -hmm. that makes perfect what sense. about you hunter i have no idea i maybe <laughs> um uh, maybe like a small bear, like just a very like timid, but I just like to sleep and, and you know, I get some work done when I need to. I'm energy efficient. I don't know. I, <laughs> let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> yes. What's your top beauty secret? <sighs> Gratitude. Beautiful answer. Loves it. What is your top three bucket list items? Top three bucket list items, which is hard to say. <laughs> um, you mean things that I would like to do before I die? Yes. Uh, well, I've done a couple of them. I went to India with, with my, my husband, Molnar, uh, a couple of years ago, and I had never been to India. That was on my bucket list. Uh, guest hosting Jeopardy was on my bucket list. I got to do that. Uh, I'm trying to think, I think it would probably be traveling. I've never been to New Zealand. Um, and I'd really, I've been to Australia, but never New Zealand. I'd like to go there. Um, I probably, I've been on a safari, but I'd like to take my girls and, uh, John's kids and do something just with our families. Um, and gosh, I don't know. Uh, Cure cancer? 
Well, yeah, cure cancer is definitely on my bucket list. I'm afraid, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to achieve that in my lifetime, but I hope that we'll be able to make significant strides. And I don't know what else is on my bucket list. You guys I've done, I've had such a, an extraordinary life. You know, I've, um, just finished my memoir that's coming out in the fall and i've been so fortunate and had so many different experiences that you know i've done a lot i don't have any desire to skydive because i'm really afraid of heights i don't have any desire to climb a huge mountain because for the same reason um i would like to learn italian um because i think that would be very sexy and then go to rome and use it so that's probably on my bucket list. And I played the piano, but I'd like to learn how to play another musical instrument because it's really good for your brain. And um, it helps grow new brain cells, which mm-hmm. is actually possible. I interviewed Sanjay Gupta about that for my podcast. And there are a lot of things you can do to actually get green, uh, your brain cells to, to grow. Like he told me to eat dinner with my left hand instead of my right hand, because it just, it activates another part of your brain. Anyway, you got to listen to that podcast. It's super interesting. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably about it, but those are pretty good things for my bucket list. I wouldn't mind playing, those are great. playing the guitar. I wanted to, yes. I've always wanted to sing, but I can't sing. Uh, but I performed at a cabaret and Tony Bennett sang with me first segment I did on the Today Show, which was really fun. And I just want to keep having fun, doing good work and, you know, and caring about the people I love and trying to, to leave the world off, you know, leave the world a little better than I found it and big, you know, in ways that are big and small. I don't know. You're kind of doing that right now with uh, Kitty Kirk Media, you know, I feel like a lot of your projects are all um, addressing important issues and uh, you have the the wake up call newsletter. You have your podcast, so it feels like you're already accomplishing this bucket list item. Uh, I'm trying. You know, I I love to work. I think I want to work for the you know as long as I you know possibly can. You know, I still want to travel and have fun and learn new things. But you know, my, that's really what my work is: learning new things. And I like to. I think I'm pretty good at taking complicated topics and sort of making them accessible Mm. and distilling them for people. So, you know, I think this is a time of seismic shifts in our culture Mm. for the better. I think we're, there's been a real awakening of, of sort of what has happened in our country in the past and how we, how we can make it better and more equitable for everyone. Um, And so I think we have a lot of very big um, intractable problems, but I always have believed that you can't come up with solutions or you can't have consensus about solutions until people are really educated about the problem in the first place. You know, I did a whole hour for National Geographic on Confederate statues, and I grew up in Virginia and didn't really understand the provenance of these statues when they were erected under what pretenses, et cetera. And many of these schools were named after Brown v. Board of Education, which integrated schools in this country. And I think just by really helping people understand the past and understand circumstances, then we can appreciate where we are and how to move forward. But 
I think that one of the things that I love to do and I think I do well is to help really make the problem more understandable for people so they appreciate it and then together they can try to figure out a way forward. I don't know. That's what I try to do. And that's why, you know, we have this newsletter that we write every day called Wake Up Call. I'd love for your listeners to sign up for it. You can just go to katiecurrick.com. You know, a lot of people aren't trusting the media. Documentaries mm -hmm. are really important. I'm involved in developing some of those. And um, documentary film, I think, is a great way to help people immerse themselves into uh, a social issue or, uh, you know, a situation and kind of come out with a better understanding. But then I have the podcast that I'm doing and we're doing digital shorts, working with brands that care about social change and whether it's environmental sustainability or gender equality or racial justice or, you know, health and wellness and how we can, you know, do better and live longer and be healthier. So it's really been fun for me to find these areas of interest and where they intersect with a lot of these companies that feel that, you know, with, with governments so paralyzed, a lot of companies are stepping in and taking up the slack and saying, together, we can help facilitate change. So to be able to do the storytelling you need to help change hearts and minds is a real privilege for me. So I'm I'm having fun doing it. And, you know, as you know, you guys met John and my husband, and he's such a brilliant businessman. And he, you know, is working his ass off at running this company. Um, and we've got a lot of great people on our team. And it's exciting for me to give people opportunities to, to learn and grow. I hope I'm, I'm able to do that. So, you know, after working for big institutions and big companies my whole life, it's really fun to be more entre entrepreneurial and to do it like in my 60s. But why not? And uh, so it's just a, a, another exciting chapter in my life. And I think, you know, it's so important to continue learning and growing and evolving as you get older because, you know, the world is a really exciting place and change can be scary but it can also be really important and really exciting. And um, so I'm, I feel like I'm learning all the time and growing. And I think that's, you know, I guess what I meant by gratitude is a beauty secret. I think, I think having a curious mind and being interested and interesting and interested in other people and what's going on and engaged in the world I think that's the best beauty secret of all because, you know, you can be a beautiful person and be just dull as dishwater. And it's funny because Hunter and I met and I was like, I don't know what got into me that night, but I was just blabbing away. But it was so fun to talk to Hunter and, you know, learn about his background and where he came from and kind of he's very engaging conversationalist. And, you know, I think you kind of learn something from everyone you come into contact with and people are people are really fascinating and I I you know I sometimes go to have gone to funerals in the past and you hear these eulogies and you're like wow I didn't know that about that person I didn't know that you know he or she did x y or z it makes made me realize how kind of cursory and superficial our 
our our, um, our, our interactions are with other people. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that we need to, to try harder to make, make real connections. I think it's not only good for your mental health, it's good for your physical health because loneliness is the equivalent of smoking, has the physiological or physical impact of smoking two packs of cigarettes a day because of the stress of loneliness and social isolation. So I think we need to kind of rethink our, our interactions with people and don't just say, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. You know, um, but really talk about how you're doing and, and ask the right questions and make our, make our conversations and our, our time together much richer and much more meaningful. I saw on your Instagram that you went over to Spencer Pratt's house to play with his hummingbirds. How was that experience? <laughs> I did. It was so funny. You know, my daughter knows that I'm obsessed with hummingbirds. Um, I just think they're so fascinating and teeny and they're beautiful. I don't know, you know, how, how colorful they are. They look like gemstones and they're so iridescent. And, and so Ellie said, mom, you know, Spencer Pratt has thousands of hummingbirds in his backyard. And I said, really? And so I DM'd him and he was so sweet. He, I said, hey, it's Katie Kirk. This is a really weird question, Spencer, but can I come over and check out your hummingbirds? <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said, sure. He was so nice. And he and Heidi were as nice as they could be. Gunner, their son is adorable. Um, you know, I... I didn't really watch the show he was on, The Hills, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't, that that was sort of, you know, after my time. But um, so a lot of people, I think of a certain age were really into that. So I've just gotten to know him now. And uh, he was just really, really nice. But that's one of the great things about, you know, a lot of bad things can be said about social media. But for me to be able to reach out to Spencer Pratt and to have this magical experience of having a hummingbird actually perch on my thumb while it was drinking sugar water from a hand feeder, it was so crazy. And it was just such a, it, it was just an incredible experience for me. So I loved it. And, uh, you know, and, and Spencer is, is a character, right? Do you guys know him? Yes, I've known him for years. He is a character. Like I think, yeah, I like him. I think, you know, on every reality show, they need kind of that villain. So that, you know, that's what he played on the show. But I think a lot of people play a character when they're on a reality TV show, because that's just, that's how it is. I did the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a villain. I was kind of like the dumb blonde. But um, I think a lot of people when they're doing a reality show will be someone else. How much of these reality shows do you get told how to act or are you instructed to have a certain response or say something that's going to create fireworks and how much of it happens naturally or is it on a case-by-case basis? I think a lot of it is produced especially Uh with these shows that have been out for a while because I think that they just want to create that drama so a lot of these shows are actually like scripted out where they know exactly what they're going to film and what they're going to say and what's going to happen um, just from being in that world for so long, I've seen it all. So yeah, 
some stuff may be real. Isn't there, but isn't everything. isn't there Paris that show about uh, behind the scenes of The Bachelor? What's that called? It was um, it was a oh, scripted uh, show. Uh, un un something unreal. Unreal, unreal. My daughter liked that. I love the actress in that, but you know, I, I think that must be hard because if you are if you are told to be the bad guy, like that that's that's kind of a hard reputation to shake well in paris you can talk about that mm -hmm. but when you're portrayed a certain way and you're encouraged to be you know behave in a certain way it just perpetuates an image and that must have been hard for spencer uh to to have that i mean i didn't watch the hills and i know i so i can't even talk about like all the characters and who they were and how they acted um but I know that's 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 a big that that's a that's kind of a risky thing to do. I guess you know it's a job and you're it it pays well, but it must be hard to to bounce back or to you know portray yourself as as something different after you've been typecast that way. Yeah, definitely. I think as people see it's a reality show, so they assume it's real, and they don't realize that. <laughs> not everything is as it seems were you were you a fan of the hills no i didn't watch it i was so busy like traveling and doing work that i i've actually never watched any reality show except for the simple life like i've never seen any of the other ones and i watched like, really? a couple episodes never watched real housewives oh i've watched that actually yeah in the beginning <laughs> i watched that <laughs> and your mom is doing it so that's exciting you guys i i have I've probably watched a total, don't tell, don't tell Ant, don't tell Bravo Andy this, but I probably watched a total of 15 minutes of The Real Housewives. Now, my my daughter, uh, my both of them, but especially my younger daughter, she loves The Real Housewives. She finds it fascinating and, you know, really, I don't, really interesting to watch. And, uh, it's just, it's just, she's very interested in, in pop culture and kind of highbrow, lowbrow culture. And it's not really lowbrow, but reality TV kind of, and interpreting it uh, in a, a unique way. But I've just never been, I've never been drawn to those shows, um, but they're enormously popular. I, I, I think I've probably seen 10 minutes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That's enough. I shouldn't well, say that as someone who works for E, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, the, I'm kind of the same way. Reality stuff has never been for me. I kind of prefer, uh, I like when the walls are down, which I feel like in reality TV, if walls are down, it's usually fictitious walls. It's usually for storyline. And I that's why I really like podcasts. So I really like doing this. And it's also why I really uh, enjoyed this one in particular. But I think, um, I think Katie, uh, you have to go. We have to go. And it was so lovely um, talking to you. Yeah, so Thank much you, fun. Hunter. I'm so happy yeah, that you came well, on the guys, show. It's so fun talking to both of you. And I'm glad you're I'm glad you're having fun with this format and uh, that you're able to, you know, I think the great thing about podcasts is, I don't know, you can learn from all these different people. And, uh, you know, be like a sponge and soak up 
whatever wisdom they have to offer their life experience and uh you can do it from the comfort of your own home especially after your vaccine hunter yes <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> anyway thank you guys for having me on it's been really fun and um i hope i'll get to see you both in person soon i hope me so too. as well thank and give you. my love to give my love to carter i will definitely Okay. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Is Paris. We love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. And follow us at This Is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes. Follow Paris at Paris Hilton and follow Hunter March, host of E's Nightly Pop at Hunter March. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.